Hi, everyone. Welcome to Domain Sherpa. We've got a great Domain Sherpa episode for everybody today. We've got Bradley Cam from Unstoppable Domains on the show as part of our founder series. Drew and I talked to Brad about the decentralized internet and everything they're doing with .crypto and .zill and the state-of-the-art functionality of their tech stack and namespace. The future is now right here on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. So let's get started. What's up, Sherpa Network? Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Jonathan Tenenbaum, aka JT, the host and producer of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is a Domain Sherpa interview uh, in line with our founder series, which uh, I'm super, super excited about. Uh, we've got Bradley Cam from Unstoppable Domains. He's co-founder and uh, head of biz dev, I think is your official title, right? Right, Brad? Uh, yeah. For Unstoppable Domains. Uh, prior to that, he was CEO and president of Talkable. And, uh, and, and, a, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and uh, there was a, just a lot of really, really exciting, interesting things happening around the decentralized internet and Unstoppable Domains is right in the middle of that. Uh, so you know, we're, it's our pleasure to bring you on the show today and, uh, and talk to you about it. So thank you very much for being here. Thanks a bunch for having me. Excited. All, right. All right. And as usual, I got my man 50 grand. Andrew Rosner, who, for those of you who don't know, uh, founder, CEO of Media Options. He's also the uh, CEO and uh, publisher of Domain Sherpa and the leading domain uh, broker in the entire world for like eight years running. I think well, maybe I tacked on a couple extra years, but literally the last Two five to months. six years, uh, it is quantifiably the number one domain broker in the world, in the world, Craig. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so... As usual, we're here right in the middle of everything, trying to uh, educate you all, the audience, uh, onto what you should know about from a domain investing standpoint, but also just from a domain name space standpoint as well. So today uh, is going to be a really exciting show. And Drew, thank you also for being here. Yeah, super happy to be here. I, uh, you know, this is, uh, I, I, I've said it before, uh, I think of the show, but, um, you know, when I'm looking out at the landscape of domain names and I'm thinking about, all right, well, you know, everybody kind of knows, you know, I'll mess a little bit with some of the alternative extensions. I, you know, I'm, I'm anything I think I can make a profit with, I'm, I'm down with, right. Uh, but I'm pretty much com guy at heart. And so, um, you know, I'm constantly evaluating, we've got, you know, an enormous amount of resources invested into, you know, our own portfolio and, and the business at large. And so I'm constantly trying to evaluate, like, what are the threats to our business? You know, what's in the pipeline um, that could disrupt, you know, the way that we think about our business and what our business is and the investments that we already have. And, um, uh, you know, we've seen apps sort of come and go. We've seen social media uh, take on various different forms. But I think, you know, there is a, a, a general consensus and conclusion at this point that, you know, social media is not a replacement to domain names. Um, if anything, you know, what we've you know, sort of come full circle to people realizing that if you don't own your domain name, you don't own your data or your relationship with your customers or your, you know, viewers or whatever it might be. And, you know, I think recently we've taken a sort of, um, you know, a little turn uh, for the worse where, uh, you know, you've got a lot of censorship on the, the legacy internet, uh, you know, and, and that started out with like sort of cancel culture and, and, and people's websites being taken down and it moved to the, you know, 
so at the host level, right? Then that moved up to the domain registrar level where they're saying, look, you cannot have your domain at this registrar anymore. You got to move it, take it elsewhere. Uh, we've seen it to a lesser extent at the registry level, but it is happening there as well. And so, you know, as it stands today, all of this, the perceived threats that I've sort of been evaluating for the last uh, uh, decade plus um, are, are, are gone. And the only threat I see uh, to, to our business um, is uh, uh, overreaching uh, policy and overreaching um, um, you know, entities within the space, so registrars and registries primarily, and um, then people saying, "Oh, I, I, you know, the whole the whole value proposition of of owning, you know, investing into a, a premium domain name was sort of digital sovereignty." And if I don't have that, or, or 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 there isn't a perception of that, because even if it's the margin at the margin, I could lose my domain, um, then. Um, you're opening the door for a uh, for a competitor, and, and and Brad is that competitor, right? Um, and so there are other alternatives that are sort of trying to address this issue um, in different ways. Um, but um, unstoppable domains is 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 you know a front runner, and so um, I am an investor in unstoppable domains and, um, I've, uh, first met Brad probably two years ago. Um, and, uh, we've had, you know, multiple conversations about sort of where is this going and what are they doing and, and, and how is this all playing? And is there any interplay with some of the other things that are going on in the space? And that's why we've got them on. And, uh, I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, no, and that's a, that's a great segue. So, Brad, uh, so Unstoppable Domains, just for the folks who would just want to check it out, you know, even while they listen in. So that's unstoppabledomains.com is, is the homepage. So um, even as you, you know, so for those folks who want to just start getting a sense of what's what. But why don't you tell us and tell the audience what Unstoppable Domains is and how you guys got started? Yeah, so Unstoppable Domains is, best way to think of us is we're, you know, we're a registry business. We've launched uh, two domain registries similar to .coms. One is called .crypto, another one's called .zil. And we're also, we also have our own registrar, unstoppabledomains.com, where you can search for those domains, buy domains, manage them, et cetera. And what's different about a blockchain domain than a traditional domain is that it's stored inside of your cryptocurrency wallet. It's stored inside of your wallet, just like Bitcoin or Ethereum would be. And what this ends up doing is it means that you as the user are completely in control. Unstoppable domains cannot take that domain away from you. They cannot make an update to it. So your registrar can't take the domain away from you or make an update. Your registry can't take the domain away from you and update it. Uh, it's a one-time fee, which means that you don't need to worry about any policy that the registry might make in the future. Uh, we can't raise the prices on you and therefore effectively uh, take the domain away from you. So this is a radical new approach mm -hmm. to ownership. Uh, ownership of domains. So what what the promise you get when you when you register uh, a blockchain domain from us is you're relying on the security of the blockchain that the blockchain will continue to function. And I think I can say pretty confidently, I think that that's going to happen. These are some of the most secure and robust systems on the planet. Um, you could actually argue that Bitcoin and Ethereum are the two most secure systems that have ever been built in the history of humanity. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's what you're relying on for your security, not us. And and this is very and, different. And, and just 
sorry to interrupt you, but just to pause there for one second, because it's an important point. Um, the blockchain on which unstoppable domains currently live, dot cryptos and dot zills, is Ethereum, no? Yeah, dot crypto is on Ethereum. Uh, and in general, we would say uh, that Ethereum is the best place uh, for these types of assets. Uh, and the reason why Ethereum is the best place uh, is for a couple of reasons. Where the builders are. It's it's where I mean it's it's literally where all of the all of the top technical minds that I know are focused. Um, so they just have DeFi, you know, NFTs, all of the stuff yeah. that's happening in the space is happening there. It's like 97, 98%. So you've got the technical minds, and then the other part you have is you have the integrations, you have the apps. So yeah. crypto applications are all plugging in Ethereum, browsers all plugging in Ethereum. Uh, DNS resolvers like Cloudflare, all plugging in Ethereum. Like it's it's all Ethereum all the time. They have just dominated uh, in terms of the ecosystem. And when you when you have an asset that's on Ethereum, you get a million integrations for free. Uh, it's just super easy for all these apps to integrate you. And that's the reason why .crypto is supported inside of Opera Browser. That's the reason why there's about to be why there's there's literally hundreds of millions of internet users. They can type in a .crypto domain and see a website today, uh, just like you would a .com. That's because mm -hmm. that's because of that, that ecosystem. All right. Well, mm -hmm. hold on. I'm about to go buy some more ether really quick while we're on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that's that's a super interesting point. So when, how long ago was the uh, was were, were the two extensions founded? Were they done at the same time? And and are they ICANN accredited? Uh, they're not. And so we uh, the business was founded in January of 2018. Uh, we started selling domain names in March of 2019. Uh, the systems went live towards the end of 2019. Uh, done about 550,000 domain registrations since then. Uh, by far the largest, uh, the large, the, the largest number of registrations inside of the uh, the burgeoning blockchain domain world. Uh, you asked a really important question, which is: Is this ICANN accredited? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, this is a different tech stack. Uh, and so I think that one of the things that has sort of happened here in general is that, so we have ICANN, we've had ICANN for a couple of decades now. ICANN is a wonderful organization. I think that they're serving a really important, uh, in, important they're doing something very important for the world, which is preventing name collision. Mm -hmm. uh, name mm -hmm. collision is very dangerous and bad for users, uh, especially yeah. in blockchain domain world, where you're also sending money through these things. Um, yeah. So very important function. And identity. And identity. And identity. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the way it's been sitting, you're, you've been forced essentially to launch on this tech stack, uh, which is, you know, DNS servers. And frankly, that tech stack is outdated. Um, no, no offense, no offense, Andrew, not trying to, not trying to, to knock your portfolio or anything, but this tech's 30 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. It has not evolved and, and, and it predates uh, blockchain, which is essentially public private keys uh, in the hands of users, which is mm -hmm. a, uh, a, a map. I mean, that innovation right there cannot be overstated how important that is. When Twitter got hacked, what happened was somebody was able to social engineer and get control of multiple accounts, Elon Musk and Barack Obama and all these other people. But if each one of those users had their username secured with a public private key pair, you would have had to have gotten each of those people individually which means you would yes. have had to wrestle Barack Obama's phone out of his hand or something like that. And that's how you would have gotten it, but you wouldn't have gotten everybody all at once. Yeah. Uh, so yeah the only one that's getting his phone is uh, Michelle Obama. So 
<laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead, though. I didn't mean to. No, I mean, that's just that's that's just the way I think that if blockchains existed in the 1990s when DNS was being founded, uh, you wouldn't you would have had this as the default because it's more secure. And like we see problems mm -hmm. all the time. Just a few months ago, GoDaddy was social engineering hacked. The, somebody was able to convince the employees and they were able to go and reroute some domain names. Like none of that stuff is even possible in the crypto world. You call us up and try to trick us. Doesn't matter. We don't have control over the keys. We can't give yeah. you the keys to the car. And that's by design. That's, a, that's, that's how you build a secure system. Sure. Yeah. So security is obviously a very important element and, and, and shouldn't be understated at all. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of our audience is going to be domain investors and so one of the elements, uh, in addition to the the, the, the the sort of sovereignty and security of having the DNS hosted on a blockchain is also the functionality, right? So the ability for instant payment and transfer via smart contract without any intermediary, the ability to, uh, you know, fractionalize ownership, the ability to bake in, you know, royalties and, you know, do all... All of the things that everybody's so excited about with NFTs and, and digital art, it's like, well, yeah, we can do that immediately right now on domain names. Um, and so, you know, I, I, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, actually, not to derail where we were earlier, uh, but, you know, just have it in mind or answer it now, whatever you, whatever you want. But, you know, in the same way, you've got Ethereum wrapped Bitcoin now on the Ethereum blockchain, couldn't couldn't we do sort of, um, you know, dot crypto wrapped or unstoppable wrapped dot com domain names? Can we, couldn't we wrap these things somehow? Um, get them on the uh, Ethereum blockchain? So there's a problem. And, and the problem is that you're going to have, uh, you're going to have uh, a syncing issue. And this is the reason why, so you, know, you start with a blockchain system, which is, you know, has the security model. Uh, but if you connect it in with a system that doesn't have that security model, then what can wind up happening is your you have the .com domain, you're tying it to the to the to you know to a, a blockchain version of that .com domain. But the blockchain version of that .com domain is stored by the user, so only the user can make updates. But the .com, but the original .com version is still has this same security vulnerability, where the registrar can up can make updates, the registry could theoretically make updates, uh, some court order could force the registry or the registrar to make those updates, and then the systems aren't going to sync anymore. And if the systems don't sync, then you have name collision, and then you have endangered all the users. So yeah. the problem is, is that so, and this is this is this this actually goes back to the debate that you hear in Congress sometimes, where they're talking about they're trying to convince Apple, you know, you need to you need to give a, a backdoor to to government agencies. The backdoor yeah. is the security flaw. Yeah. That is the thing that, that that puts the entire system in danger and allows yes. for all of the other hacks. So because you have an insecure system over here, .com, if you plug that in as a dependency for the blockchain system, all you've done is made the blockchain system not secure anymore. And, yeah. and you really don't get much value. So I, I think it's very hard to... Well, it, 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 you, you, yeah, I mean... I, I would push back on that point. I think that in saying that you don't get a ton of value, I think is 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 short sighted because 
adoption is the greatest value that you can have as a registry operator. And there's currently, you know, a, a tens of trillions of dollar digital economy happening on the legacy route. And so um, there's enormous, immense value. I would argue there's, there's no greater, let's say, honeypot of value um, beyond the ability to migrate that legacy route to a, you know, better, faster, harder architecture on the blockchain. So maybe that's a good segue to talk about what does that look like going forward? How, how do you, you know, or, or, or what, you know, if we were to zoom out and look at what is the end of Unstoppable's pipeline look like? What does winning look like? What does that look like? I mean, how do you get, how do you go from .crypto.zil to McDonald's has their, you know, homepage hosted on your architecture? So, I mean, just to just to you know to to talk about the the dot com point, I agree with you. Dot com is, has this huge community around it. Um, I think migration is super valuable. I think interoperability between the two—that's the part that actually that intermediary step doesn't really work in this world because of the name collision problem. So, yes. that's the reason why that intermediary step doesn't work here. Like in some cases, you can migrate tech in that way. Like you can, you know, you can have your fax machine that sends you an email as like, you know, that was a step I remember my parents doing this in the 1990s before everything went straight email. So like yeah. there are these points, but because name collision is such a problem, uh, you can't really have a system that could potentially disagree. Now, what I think the dot com could do in the future is migrate to a purely blockchain system because it's more secure. Uh, and and I, I think they I think they should, and I think they probably will at some point in the future. Uh, in terms of the end game here, I think that what's what's gonna happen is that people are going to want to own their digital identities uh, and that that is going to uh, cause people to embrace uh, blockchain domain names uh, across the board uh, for all kinds of different uh, yeah, yeah. use cases. So as a namer, I guess, um, or, or domain investor, and, and you know, I mean, I, I wear many hats, but, um, you know, my hurdle um, with, with Unstoppable is truly just a matter of choice, right? So how do you, what, what, what's the pipeline look like to get more, um, you know, name extensions, more, more, more uh, naming options and, and opportunities for people, not, not just investors, but also for end users. W what's that look like? Yeah. If you can talk about it. I think it's important. And I think that there will be, there will be more in more in the future. Um, I think you have to be careful because you want to make sure uh, you want to make sure that you're building systems that are going to be uh, be able to be successful in the world and not collide uh, with the traditional world. I think so. And this this kind of goes back to the role of ICANN. I think that uh, naming collision as a problem is critical. And, and as a community of as a community of domainers, we all need to care about this, whether it's a blockchain yeah. domain or whether it's a traditional one. So I think that piece is super important. Which architecture we build on, though, I think it's also important that we have choice. For architecture. So right now, DNS servers are the are the are the default. Uh, we need to also be able to have blockchain architecture, while at the same time cooperating across these different tech stacks to make sure uh, that we don't have collision. So that's the that's the kind of the kind of uh, the kind of roundabout answer there. It sounds um, like a tall order. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a it, it's not an easy task. Um, yeah. 
But one last thing that I think is really, uh, really important for people to uh, catch and think about that I think this part was sort of the big kind of mind bender for me uh, is that domains in the 1990s, and, and Andrew, you, you probably have a better sense of this than, than, than I do even, um, but there was a period of time where domains were being used by consumers, like pre-social media. I was building a blog in like 1996 and my friends and I were sharing them around and stuff like this. So like it, it did have this like consumer identity feature. And then, you know, over time, you know, fast forward a few years, we wind up, everyone winds up using Facebook instead or whatever. But uh, the blockchain domain name can, can return this consumer use case. And so what I expect is going to happen is uh, this is going to be a huge consumer consumer thing as well, not just businesses. So traditional world has something like 300 million domains. Social media companies have something like 3 billion handles. I think the number of blockchain domains is going to be much closer to the number of consumer social media handles than it is to traditional domain names. So if you're trying to figure out like, where is this going and in what direction might this go that's different than a traditional domain, it's that. Mm -hmm. And and, and to, to bring it all the way back uh, it's all about the features. And Andrew, you talked about this, but a blockchain domain does a bunch of things that a regular domain can't do. First thing is payments. I've got brad.crypto. You can send me Bitcoin. You can send me ETH. You can send me any different currency all to this one domain name. Super easy. You can do it inside of 40 different applications. It's like my Venmo account that I control that works inside of every app, not just inside of Venmo. So completely new structure for how payments can work. My same domain also works for my website. I've got a blog up right now uh, at brad.crypto. So I, you can check out my content. You can pay me. In the future, you're going to be able to send me a message. You're going to be able, I'm going to be able to use this domain as my ID. So it, all of these things, what's happening is, is that the domain name is just taking over so many different areas. Um, that is, that's a really... That's a really new, uh, completely new, new dynamic here. And, and I think that when the traditional domainers look at this, they're thinking, okay, here's, you know, here's another wacky alternative system. Like I've seen new.net, I've seen all these other kind of crazy attempts on the fringes. But what we've got here is we've got an army of consumers, crypto consumers, blockchain consumers, uh, people who are trying to drive this tech forward. And the crypto world is big. It might already be bigger than the traditional domain world. There's a couple trillion in market cap right now. So we've got this, 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 this massive community, this massive, this massive asset class, all of this financial energy, all pushing in from this other direction. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's like, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to even just describe the, the, the scale of uh, passion, wealth, uh, et cetera, coming from the crypto world. And that's what's coming to the domain world is this just this juggernaut. Um, we're seeing it. Yeah, we're seeing it. Even in the legacy domain world, I mean, we're seeing it. I mean, we just sold, you know, coming off the best month in the company's history. It's like, you know, we just sold NFT.com, crypto.org. Um, I, I don't know. You know, there was probably like, six sales to crypto companies or crypto investors, you know, for prices that would make people's eyeballs pop. 
Oh, wait, wait. Uh, I don't... <laughs> uh, could you, uh, did you hear the cash register? I, I'm not wearing the headphones, so I can't, I can't hear the, the sound effects. But um, yeah, no, and I think that's a really interesting point, right? Because I think to, you know, Drew's question is, all right, look, you've got this established.com namespace that's so, that is so big. Um, and you know, how you, you know, what sort of, where's this going, right. With respect to the blockchain domains and the idea that that could dwarf the dot-com adoption at the end of the day, because, you know, this idea that all of a sudden a domain name could be, you know, a lot more than just where your, you know, your website is. Right. And, uh, so do you have any visibility into how many, how, you know, how much people are actually using the dot crypto domains for, uh, like, like. Uh, crypto transfers and things like that or is that i mean because you don't have you guys probably don't have visibility into that right or so it is possible to do a lookup where it's just you looking up on the blockchain and reads are free on the blockchain mm -hmm. so it's kind of like it's like a radically open public dns server if sure. you're using the if you're using the blockchain as your dns server it's just anybody can just ping it and get the information um it's pretty amazing uh, but, but you can't identify, you can't necessarily identify a wallet, which is, you know, the, the who is of the traditional domain world, you know, uh, uh, gives traditional contact information. And in the blockchain based DNS, you have just a wallet address. That, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wallet address and some resolver information. And um, um, uh, is there text records? So who is and all of this stuff is is optional. Text records are text records are totally possible. Right now we have some default things that we're making it easy for users to do. Like for example, uh, I can include my email address if I want to. I can include other contact information if I want to. But it's all it's all opt in. Um, and and so and so the, the the power structure is a little bit is a little bit different there. But the beauty of blockchains in general, I would say, is is that they're really really good at verifying information. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's this idea that blockchains are really good at privacy or secrecy. False. Yeah. Blockchains are bad. Opposite. Opposite. Blockchains are bad yeah. at those things. Yeah. And, and it reminds me of this joke that people used to, like, say in the 1990s, like the meme around the internet was, I don't know who I'm talking to. I could be talking to a dog. Like everyone's anonymous on the internet, right? Think about the narratives we have now. The narratives we have now is, oh my gosh, the internet is so overexposing us that we have all of our information online. Complete opposite narrative 20 years later. Now, the beauty of blockchain, now blockchain tech is definitely much more on the public side, but the beauty of it is you can have verified information and then you can have optional sharing of information. So we've already done you know, V1 of this uh, where you can verify your Twitter handle and associate it with your domain name. And what this does is it gives me some real information before I send that payment. So you can go into my Ether wallet right now. You can type in a domain name of somebody that has their Twitter account uh, connected. And then you'll see that, that, that check and that Twitter handle before you pay. So what, what this means is, is that I'm able to see real ID of a user verified before I send that money. And that's where this is going. It's going to look much more like Venmo where I can see your picture, I can see whatever, some sort of, some sort of information so I can, I can determine the identity of the person that I'm sending to before I send. And it's just, it's just crazy the way it works right now. You got this random 40 character long string of numbers and letters. Like that is not the way the future economy is going to work. That's just, that's just V1. That's I mean, just machine readable stuff. 
it's like the most obvious, it's just, the analogy is so clear of like, isn't that why we have domain names in the first place? Right. Like it was like, we got these long strings of numbers and nobody can remember, nobody can reference people make mistakes when they type them in. So let's just shorten it to something that's human readable. Right. That was the whole and, pr principle to begin with. And we, and we made it more complicated in the blockchain world because you might use 30 or 40 different blockchains. Yeah. You might have all of these different wallets and stuff like that. So you need to tie all that stuff together. Uh, and then we also going to make it even more complicated than that because we're going to have all these different storage systems where you're going to be storing your information. You're going to need to tie all those back to your domain name. So there's so much there's so much happening there. Um, but like I think that one kind of glimpse into the future that you might be able to imagine would be something like um, I can verify the uh, academic credentials of somebody. Uh, that's verified and associated with their with their with their with their blockchain domain, which is their digital ID. And then when I'm interacting with them, I know that this person actually has a PhD in biology when they're talking about climate science. Or I know whatever it is. Like we're having this problem right now where we don't know we don't have the authorities that we used to have. The authority used to be you know whatever the 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 person said at 6 p.m. on NBC. Um, that was the authority. We don't trust these authorities anymore. We don't have, and so we've moved into this phase where we're authorityless, where social social media influencers are our new authorities, and I think you know that is not necessarily going that well. Uh, in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of you know, in terms of facts, like we didn't used to as a society debate facts quite so much. Right. We are spending most of our time now debating facts. If we have blockchain verification of information. We're not going to be having those discussions about facts anymore. We can have anonymous but verified, uh, but verified people sharing information. Anonymous but verified information. Uh, it's just a completely new, completely new structure for the internet. And I don't see how everything isn't eventually going to wind up here. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just better tech. So yeah. I think that's just, that's you know, if we're, if we're fast forwarding out, like I, I just, I think everyone's going to wind up. Uh, on systems like this yeah no i love that well i mean look it's just better tech right i mean that's just uh you know that's a really succinct way to just kind of button it up now when you talk about name collision a lot you know with respect to this so what happens if i can in the next round of new gtlds allows for a dot crypto extension so how does that how does that work we would prevail upon anybody uh that was thinking of launching a competing system that we have established uh users intellectual property application support there's an entire ecosystem here that would be that would be harmed by that um so we would prevail on on anyone that was considering that not to do that um because that's that's dangerous for user harm uh i mean that's dangerous for users so i think ultimately we're going to need to collectively we're all going to need to to figure out how to have this multi multi-tech stack uh multi-tech stack world so that we can continue to have innovation on the internet okay and then .zil, what was the motivation behind .zil? Like, where did that come from? Let me just, yeah, I, but let me just ask a question related to the last question. So, um, you know, let's say that somebody comes along and says, no, you know, I don't really care about your ecosystem. I don't know anything about it. What I know is I want to have .crypto. You know, maybe it's crypto.com. It's like, yo, I want to have .crypto. Right? I, I'm just putting that out there. And, um, um then felt file the application with with ICANN and uh, ICANN grants it. Um, 
you know, what, what happens, right? And then what, what, what's even more interesting though about then, then the what happens because, you know, that'll just end up being a, a legal thing um, is what about registry operators currently? Primarily, let's think about, you know, independence. Like you got dot buzz, just take dot buzz, for example, right? So you got this, you know, it's one dude, he owns dot buzz. He's got one domain extension and he's like, you know what? I really like this blockchain domain architecture. Uh, I want to move my, you know, I've got the legal rights exclusively to this domain extension. I'm a registry operator for dot buzz, but I think that this other tech stock, uh, tech stack on, on, on the blockchain is a better tech stack for my audience, for my domain extension. How's that work? Right. Cause that, that to me feels like the only path forward um, that doesn't result in just complete and total legal chaos, um, legal and tech chaos. But, you know, I think you're absolutely right. As you said before, it's simply better tech. And I agree with that. As somebody who has, you know, tens of millions of dollars of resources tied up in, in legacy domain names, better tech stack, no question about it. But there are these issues around name collision primarily, but also, you know, rights and and and, and trademarks is, is a quite interesting uh, thing. And, you know, how does that get resolved? And what are the mechanisms? Because, you know, you can't rely on faith. I mean, you can't rely on goodwill and you can't rely on people to just do the right thing because they don't. So it's yeah. like, wh- how, do the, how, do, how, how does this stuff play out? And so I guess let's start with could dot buzz and I'm just pulling that. And I'm not. I, I don't have. I'm just pulling that out of the air. Shout out to Bill Dosher, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so Bill says, you know what, Brad? I want to move over. How's that work? So it's possible. Um. I think that the part that they would need to figure out is how they're going to manage that with ICANN. Like, can they still maintain their rights to dot buzz without launching on that registry? on the DNS server architecture? I hope the answer is yes. I think that's that should be totally within the right of somebody who bought that extension to build on a different tech stack. Now, it's a lot easier if you do it before you've launched. Uh, yeah, if you have domain names in the world, now you're gonna have to do a migration and you're gonna have to teach all those people that bought a random dot buzz, hey, guess what? You now have this thing called a private key. Um, and so you're, there's gonna be, some onboarding kind of challenges. So I think it's better to do it at the start. I mean, between us, like this is this is a discussion that, that we're having. There are people that have approached us um, about this very thing. Now, doesn't this kind of make the registry operator also the registrar, right? I kind of think about it in terms of like um, central bank digital currency. Like once the, you know, the US Federal Reserve issues a digital dollar, what do you need banks for, right? And, you know, maybe there's a reason to have the local bank somebody can walk into and see somebody face to face and deal with problems. And probably the Federal Reserve doesn't want to be the guy doing customer service. (laughs) But for the most part, most banking activity really becomes irrelevant. You don't need retail banks anymore because your actual bank account is directly with the Federal Reserve at the source. Right. And so um, it's kind of the same concept. It's like, all right, well, once we move to a blockchain tech stack, you don't really need the registrar anymore, right? Except for the customer service sort of stuff. But for, but from a technical standpoint, it serves no purpose. 
And so um, is that a good observation? Is that a fair observation? Absolutely. It's totally right. The registrar is not critical uh, in the, in, in the process anymore. And I also think that a registrar might also, might also be almost like the wrong name for it. So we call unstoppabledomains.com a registrar, but that's almost not quite accurate, uh, because we don't ever store the domain for, yeah, you're not, you're not a central ledger. You, you, you right. are not the central ledger. You, you are literally just like a, a service provider. Yeah. And it's very similar to what happens with, yeah, with wallets where like, you know, Coinbase is like your bank. Coinbase regular is like your bank for your crypto. You store it in there. You trust them. They protect it for you. Uh, But a, you know, self-custody wallet, like, well, Coinbase also has one of those, a Coinbase wallet or my Ether wallet or MetaMask or any of these other ones. uh, It's very similar where they're providing you software, but they're not really your wallet or your bank. You're your wallet or your bank. So I would say the best way to think about it is you're your own registrar, technically. um, And then there's just an app that makes it easier for you to do stuff. But you could theoretically just do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, now let's, let's flesh out the other part of the question, which was like, let's say everybody doesn't play nice together. There is no, no consensus on this is how we move forward into a world with multiple tech stacks. Um, you know, you've got a uh, handshake has released, you know, every possible domain extension that wasn't already taken under the sun. And, um, you know, probably very, 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 very few of those will actually be launched out into the universe as real registries where, where people can can and will go and actually register domain names. Um, but some of them will. And so, um, you know, how, what's that interplay? And, and, and is there any? And, you know, what does that look like to you? I, I have some thoughts of my own that I'd like to sort of chime in, but I'll, I'll, I'd like to, you know, hear from you first. Well, ultimately, I think this is going to come down to an intellectual property and a, and a, and a, and a trademark question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like just like everything does, like whether it's domain names or whether it's you know your online presence in any other sphere. Um, so I don't think there's anything unique here really about domain names, other than the fact that the stakes are high. Um, having a collision is extremely bad. Uh, yes. Collisions are antisocial. Uh, and therefore, we should all be working very hard uh, to make sure they don't they don't happen. Uh, I think in the case of of handshake, there really hasn't been much use there. So I think that that's really the argument for uh, for intellectual property claim is that there is use either users or applications. Those things haven't happened. Um, they really just printed a bunch. So I don't know that that's really the piece that's as uh, that's going to be as relevant going forward. I think the real questions are going to be around uh, how does the tr- traditional domain world uh, address this, and how much do they uh, do they try to uh, to adopt, co-opt, or uh, uh, or, or fight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at the handshake experiment as uh, w- with it, with a high degree of intrigue, simply because you know the the, the way that. I sort of see the landscape or, or the opportunity, let's say, is, you know, somebody gets a, um, you know, primarily because Unstoppable is only offering a .crypto or a .zill at this stage, right? Um, you know, I want to have, I don't know, 
black bear. So I go out, you know, and, and I get a dot bear on, uh, you know, handshake. And I say, okay, I'm going to launch a, a registry now on dot bear. And, um, you know, I, I can register black dot bear and brown dot bear and big dot bear and, you know, scary dot bear and whatever. Right. And, um, um, my technical functionality on handshake today is going to be pretty limited. Um, like you said, limited adoption, limited, lots of stuff. However, I have now demonstrated use in commerce. I've now demonstrated that I have, I was the first one to market for dot bear. I actually launched a registry on it. Somebody actually registered a domain on it. I have legitimate use in commerce as a registry operator. I then now say, hey, Brad, I am the sole and exclusive owner of .bear. I've demonstrated first use in commerce. I've obtained a trademark as a registry operator for .bear. If and when ICANN opens up the next round of domain extensions, if anybody wants to apply to .bear, I have first priority. And so I've basically, you know, I've car carved out my little niche of .bear, but I want to come and operate on your architecture. So it's similar to the question I was asking about the you know legacy route before, but I, I can't imagine why if I have cornered the intellectual property rights, right, the, the legacy legal rights that would allow me to operate commerce on whatever intellectual property. This in this case, a, a registry extension. Why can't I now come to you and say, hey, Brad, I've got this you know exclusive use. Can we now relaunch dot bear on you know the unstoppable architecture? I think it's I think it's possible, and I think that's what's gonna I think that's what's gonna have to happen to some extent because it's really really hard. And this is the reason why uh, we weren't excited about Handshake is that you don't need another blockchain. The reason we know you don't need another blockchain is because we launched without another blockchain. And that Ethereum is just, it's just where all of the application activity is. So I think that ultimately, if you find yourself on another blockchain, you're probably going to wind up having to redo that. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's just, that's, that's my, that's my, that's, that's a personal, personal take right there. But just from what I've seen, that's just where all of the action is. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. And I tend what you've to agree done. with you. I, I, you know, there's, I have some counter arguments to that, but, but, but for the most part, I, I tend to agree with you. And I think we're starting to see that, you know, with the NFT space, you know, people that have launched NFTs that had some degree of popularity or artists that were working on a certain blockchain with, you know, some degree of success. If they weren't on Ethereum, they're like, oh, I should probably move over to Ethereum because my art becomes 10 more, 10 times more valuable. The visibility becomes 10 times more. The ability to transfer between, you know, the various operators uh, is just better. And, you know, at the end of the day, the powers that be are assigning more value to NFTs that live on Ethereum. And so I think that that is generally what you're seeing, right? I think what you're saying is true and, and probably will continue that way, although it, it is far from certain at this stage. But technically speaking, it, is it something you're open to? And is it something that's feasible today to say, okay, this extension was launched on the, you know, Handshake blockchain, or it was launched on the, um, you know, Ethereum name, sir, you know, whatever, right? 
And I want to now move it over to you. Um, or, you know, even five, you know, name coin, right? Um, can that be done? Can, can that, yep. or does that, do, or is your position currently that we're not really interested in that because it then opens us up to now being in the path of a name collision? Uh, I think that we would be open to it. Uh, if it were to open us up to the path of being in, of, 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 of getting into a name collision, we would not do it because it's critical for us that that doesn't happen. And we take great care if we're thinking about what registry it is, whether or not there could be, uh, there could be other, other parties that might already have reasonable intellectual property claims. So we've taken great care to make sure that that sort of stuff doesn't happen. But I think, yeah, ultimately it probably would be in the best interest of those parties to move over. And the reason why is because we've got browser support and like, what's your registry without browsers? So like, I think all of this stuff is just like, you know, like yeah. anybody. Browsers are the linchpin. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, you, if you don't get adopted by a browser, nobody's going in and changing their settings. Nobody's adding, a you know, nobody's doing any of this stuff. It, it, it's either you get browser support or you don't. And if you don't, you don't exist. Yep. Total, and so, totally agree. so with that, what browser support currently do you guys have for the uh, for .crypto and .zill? So it's Opera browser right now. I uh, can't uh, can't share any other news just yet, but um, stay tuned. <laughs> uh, stay tuned in the next couple of months. Uh, there should be more action coming. Okay. And then if I go, so if I, I and I've never used Opera browser, so if I do, what happens if I type in an existing .com domain? Is it resolved? Yeah, yeah. So it's just it, they're, yeah. they're they're sitting right Opera next to each other. Twenty, you know, I don't I don't know exactly how old, but it's an old. They've been around a long time. Okay, and yeah, then Opera's, um, Opera's like a Firefox or or you know. Yeah, no, I'm familiar with it. I just never, never yeah. used it. But the um, so yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Oh, and then the uh, question I was asking. They got a great before, domain name too. What's their domain? Opera.com. Opera.com. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah. did you guys give them Opera.crypto? Uh, I believe they've got it. Yeah. Ah, nice. And .zill. We've got our mediaoptions.crypto and I've got my rosner.crypto. Nice. I just searched for jonathan.crypto. It's a premium though. I have to, I, I think I have to wait. Yeah, I got to talk to you about a few of these premiums. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're coming. We, uh, we've, uh, we started releasing them last week. There was a uh, win.crypto sold for $100,000 last week. Nice. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're coming and just, it's just, this is just like, this is the thing that I, I think just blows people away about the crypto world everything's bigger. Like, you know, you've got a, you've got a, you got a regular, you got a regular marketplace. You add, you, you, you do the crypto version of that marketplace, just add a zero on top. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just that much bigger because it's just that this industry is just this, it's just this massive, massive juggernaut coming at so many other industries simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Like the people that we're, you know, the people that we're catering to are also people that are benefiting from, uh, decentralized finance from DeFi, which is pulling users and money out of the traditional finance system or pulling money out of fiat currencies into cryptocurrencies. Like it's these massive, yeah. massive markets. So, do, you have, do you have a decentralized exchange operating on the decentralized internet yet? Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple. Um, there's, really? uh, yeah, there's switchio.crypto um, that's live right now. There's a uh, kyber.crypto where you can do swaps. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, dot zill, what is, uh, so what is, where did dot zill come from? 
Dotzilla was a partnership that we did. Uh, we did with Zillica very early on back in 2018. Uh, they were great partners, great partners as we got started. Um, we have since determined uh, that it's better for us going forward to, to launch within the Ethereum ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what you, that's what you can expect to see from us going forward. Okay. And then, so uh, something you said before, so you just recently launched the, started launching the premium domains. Yeah. Okay. And are those being listed as kind of like a buy it now? Are they auction style? Like what is the, uh, what's the method that those are being released? It's buy it now, right now. Um, we, we would, we would like to have, there's some specific auction architecture that we would like to see. Um, that's not currently, not currently out there, which is the reason why it's buy it now. But I think ideally, uh, this kind of stuff would be done by auction. So hopefully, uh, hopefully auctions in the future. Sure. Well, I think that'll be really interesting. And how many, yeah, how we many should, we should discuss, I, I think I met, might've mentioned it to you before, but, um, I'm an, I'm an investor in a company in London called cryptograph and, um, you know, it's an NFT platform, but really the reason I invested was because of the price discovery mechanism that they had um, uh, invented, which is you know, basically just an entirely new auction technology that's similar to the way in which ICANN was releasing some of the new GTLDs, but even far better, just absolutely perfectly created incentives, you know, in the same way that that's what got me so excited about Bitcoin in the early days was that I thought, you know, I've always been obsessed with incentive. I think that people try to fix systems by putting band-aids on them and changing them structurally. But ultimately, you know, the, the incentive is the shelling point. It's like, you, no matter what you do, no matter what parts you move around, it's always going to just start flowing back towards wherever the incentive drives, you know, the crowd. And so, if you get the incentive wrong, you you will never create a good system. And, you know, Bitcoin, the reason I believe in it so strongly is it's a perfect, perfectly incentivized system. And it incentivizes all of the important players to do what is required of them in order to not only grow, but secure and um, um, allow the ecosystem to thrive. Um, without anybody else having to do, you know, nobody's got to be Mother Teresa. It's like, you know, you just, everybody's going to act selfishly. And so long as they do, everything works perfectly. And so um, uh, that's in a similar way, uh, the way that they created this auction technology that each bidder is incentivized to bid the maximum amount that they're willing to pay at the earliest possible time in the auction. And so it completely eliminates fraud. It completely eliminates sniping. It completely eliminates, you know, any of the sort of um, traditional game theory around auctioning and introduces a, 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 a perfectly incentivized system that will, um, I believe, create perf- near perfect price discovery, um, you know, each time. I mean, I, I guess ultimately then it only comes down to, you know, visibility. How many people know about the auction? Do all the people that you know, should, do all the people that should participate know that this auction is happening? And that just comes down to marketing. And and, and so, you know, uh, we should talk because it, it, it's something that I'm really excited about. Can yeah, connect me. Let's make let's 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 make it happen. Totally.
So, well, yeah, because that'll be interesting. I mean, are you aware of any, uh, now that you guys release the premium domains, uh, you know, so then you have this opportunity then for the kind of the aftermarket to evolve for the dot crypto and dot zill domains. I mean, are you aware of any sort of aftermarket sales happening now for folks that have bought names and sold them afterwards and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So OpenSea is probably the most most popular for uh, for NFTs in general. And mm -hmm. I think that's where the largest number of uh, dot crypto secondary sales have been. Oh, wow. uh, we see, you know, regularly we see four figure resales, you know, more than once per week, typically five figures, you know, more than once per month. There was a domain that sold uh, for $90,000 on the secondary market, okay. uh, sex.crypto, of course. Um, but, uh, that was, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of action there. Um, and it's, it's heating up. I just, sure. I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of goofy. Um, but, uh, you know, three months ago, you know, people would look at you cross-eyed when you said NFT. Now my dad's telling me about a PBS special he listened to about NFTs and every <laughs> artist that, we've been, that we were listening to in the nineties oh, yeah. or the two thousands is launching their own NFT collection. Yeah. It has just this the the velocity yeah um, it's just a completely and 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 you crypto timelines are like i mean it's like you're you know it's like you've sped up you've sped up time somehow like it was four months ago and no one had heard of this and now we've got six million dollar sales all the time uh yeah. so it's just it's just i mean this is just how crypto goes it's like i mean this is this is the biggest thing that i think people need to people need to think about when they're thinking about okay there's this crazy new domain name system called blockchain domains it's that everything that happens on crypto networks happens at a at a at a pace that is ten times faster, bigger, this, faster. ten times higher, uh, yeah. more global. You know, you can buy and sell a .crypto domain name in one minute to anyone in the world, no escrow agent, because you can do a trustless swap. Uh, you don't need to have any information. It's just bid ask boom. It is a completely different dynamic. Okay, let's just touch on that for a second, because I think for me, that's one of the most exciting parts of blockchain domains is, is, is you know, the, the trustless swap, the, the, the you know, real-time uh, real transaction, you know, without any intermediary. I mean, that's, that's pretty exciting. Like, you know, basically you've got an asset, somebody can literally just like make you an offer that, that you know, generally that offer is going to be... Um, basically more like a bond like a bonded offer right somebody's literally putting up the crypto whatever it might be um in order to make that offer and then if you accept it it's paid like like it's already done like the money is already in your wallet it's you know the money's in your wallet and the token that represents that domain name the the, the private key is now in their wallet and that's what you mean by a trustless swap correct yeah, and that all gets governed by a by a, by a smart contract. Yeah, I mean, think about it like like you know we're you know we're doing like a like a like a like a like a sale in person you know where I've got the money in my in my right hand, uh, you've got the 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 product in your left hand, and we literally go like this at the yeah. same moment. Um, yep, that that's what's happening digitally. It's unbelievable. Yep, yeah that that part is so exciting to me. I mean. The ability to do this real time, um, and it's not just about the real time. It's really the part I mentioned earlier about, hey, Brad, I really want Brad.crypto. Um, I make you, you know, whatever. I don't know, 10 ETH. I offer you 10 ETH. 
And, you know, it literally has frozen the 10 ETH in my account. And the moment you click accept, that 10 ETH is now in your account and the token of your domain name is now in my wallet. And, you know, the ability to do that in this trustless manner, the ability to receive an offer and not think, oh, it's just some tire kicker behind it that'll never end up paying. Right? The, 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 the transparency and the, and, the, and the liquidity that that's going to create is going to accelerate just the domain name investment market overall uh, and the entire ecosystem around that. I think that you know it will drive up prices quite significantly over time. I think that it will drive a much larger pool of interested parties in, in, in sort of the secondary market of these domains. Even if they're not like professional domain investors, it's like, I think it'll become a much more common thing to just be like, yeah, I own a few of these domains as an investment, right? And because they're liquid. Now it's just like, yeah, it's a completely different thing. Um, you know, you're taking the scamming and the and the and the and the fraud. You know, e even if that's more of a perception than a truth in today's domain market, it's a very strong perception. And so, I think all of this trustless, all these trustless elements are 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 going to be really exciting. So, with that in mind, give me a timeline. You know, if you if you had to, I asked you earlier, what does success look like? Um, it, you know, put a gun to your head. You know, when does success come? Well, you know, so I guess first off, what does success look like? I, I don't know that we ever actually, you know, answered that question directly. You know, when do you, when would you feel comfortable saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm ready to post my flag and say like, all right, you know, we made it, you know, we're not, there's, yeah, we're there. I think we need a domain name in the hands of every internet user. So I think that is what that is what ubiquity looks like. So that's what ubiquity looks like, but I don't think that's what winning looks like because you know I, I think it's only like uh, uh, I, I think it's under twenty percent of the of the world you know owns a domain name, and I think if you were to like extrapolate that out, you know, I think if you were to I think if you were to really look, I bet it's like five to ten percent of of the world's population owns a domain name, right? Today, today on the legacy route. And so, so I, I, that's what ubiquity looks like, but I'm not sure that that's, um, although I also agree that in a decentralized internet, there's also more reason and more incentive for everybody to have a domain name as opposed to in the legacy system where it's like, are you going to have your own blog? Are you going to, um, you know, run a business? Then you don't need a domain name, right? Unless you want a vanity email address, right? Like there's just not beyond email, business, blog, there's not a tremendous number of reasons for the average person, particularly you get into the third world to own a domain name. Well, in the decentralized in internet, now you've got payments. This is your wallet, right? Oh, you, the bank won't give you an account? Well, now you've got your own, right? You've got your identity, which is how you interact with the internet. It's how you do your single sign-on. It's you know, how you maintain some degree of anonymity. It's how you protect your data. It's, you know, you live behind this sort of, you know, uh, identity, right? Which could be anonymous, could be pseudonymous, could be transparent. So I agree with you that, that, that domain ownership will become more ubiquitous in a decentralized internet than it would be or could be on, um, you know, the legacy. But again, I'm not sure it's what winning looks like. So, 
as a company, or, or you know, not just as a company, but but as a tech stack, you know, when can you sort of stop looking over your shoulder? I think it's when most people are using this as their digital identifier. Um, I think it really is when we move people from centralized company controlled identifiers to decentralized user controlled identifiers. And I think it really is about the consumer here too. Like I think the consumer is a bigger piece here than it is in the traditional domain world because we don't want you to have a Facebook username anymore. We don't want you to have that Twitter ID as your primary identity. We want you to have this. And then what's gonna happen is you're gonna have this and then you're gonna have your pictures and you're gonna have your friends and you have your followers and you're gonna have all your data and it's going to be attached to your domain name and you're going to control it. And you're going to walk around on the internet and you're going to say, Hey, future Facebook, you can have access to this information until I don't like what you're doing. Then I'm going to flip you off and I'm going to go to the other 30 Facebooks and all of my yeah. data, my username and everything else comes with me and it's interoperable. And that changes the, that changes the entire structure of the internet. So this user, this, this, do, the domain name is going and eating the, the changes, user changes the power structure. Changes the power structure and it changes the reward structure. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they're going to have to provide you a service and treat you like a customer rather than sell you and treat you like a product, which is what currently happens. Uh, And it disincentivizes all the fake news, right? It's like, instead of just like everything being about clickbait, it's about retaining people's eyeballs, keeping them on the site, you know, not getting them to click the next freaking, you know, whatever stupid clickbait article. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's revolutionary. And so the way, the way that I, the way that I would say, okay, we won is if we have uh, a billion of these in the hands of consumers. And I don't think that that's unrealistic. Uh, I think that the, the scale of the scale of blockchain technology is such that, uh, you, you're, you're going to, you're going to need it. You're going to need to have a way uh, to get paid online that you control. And you're going to need to have a way to post your content that you control and have be able to carry your data around all these apps so that you can properly get paid. Like we are serfs on the internet. We totally. don't own anything. Uh, and this was not the way that I think the internet was, was meant to be. Like web one was, you know, you control everything, run your own server. You know, it was literally blah, blah. your server under your desk, there was no AWS, there was no, you know, Google Cloud, there was, you had a server, it was literally a machine under your desk, and that was your server, that's where your pictures lived, and whatever files you were going to put out on the internet, it lived on that box, and that box had an IP address, that's what people connected to. And and there was a lot of benefits to that, um, but there was, you know, there were a lot of performance trade-offs, and so Failing we moved problem. into that too. Because, you know, because that was more performant and we had yeah. over time, and I think we didn't fully realize as we were doing it, what this was going to lead to. We were thinking, wow, this is super efficient. Facebook comes out. Wow, this is super efficient. Uh, this is great. This is a great user experience. Over time, as we handed over our entire digital lives to these companies and as our digital lives became more valuable, like the value per user on the internet 
has skyrocketed over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so now we're in this place where we have generated all this value. We're not capturing any of it. They're capturing it and they're, they're, they're abusing us. And so now we're in this place where the trade-offs have become, have gone too far. Like we've, they've given us this great service, but they're taking too much. And now we need to go back and get closer to the ethos of web one, not the tech stack of web one, mm-hmm. but the ethos of web one, uh, in order to, in order to allow ourselves to, to prosper online. And I think what's going to wind up happening is we're all going to be a lot wealthier because of this. It's not totally. just about freedom and, and censorship and all of those things are problems, but the thing that I think is going to impact every single person's life is, uh, the ability to properly, uh, to properly monetize their activities uh, online. Their time. The yeah. yeah, their yeah. time. So what does that look like? Is that, is that 10 years? What is it? Yeah, I, I, think, I think for consumers- You know, if that took 25 years, time. that took 25 years on the legacy route to get a billion, you know, users. Um, is that 10? What do you think? I think it's a little faster with crypto because, uh, well, crypto has two advantages. One, it has the internet to spread on, which the internet didn't have because it didn't exist Mm -hmm. yet. And then two, it has this this massive kind of- Financial incentive. Upfront, upfront, meaning that you know that if you're first in on something, you're going to benefit more than other people. Very similar to what was happening with dot coms. I don't know what other people were up to in 1998 when I was- I was 15. I was buying a bunch of dot-com domain names because uh, I, I, I believed that the internet was going to be huge. And I think the same thing is happening with all kinds of crypto products that people see that. And so they're willing to buy in and bootstrap you and push you forward uh, because of this, this belief. So I think that on the consumer side, in the next five years, we should see pretty massive change in terms of the impact that blockchain domains and decentralized web can have. In terms yeah. of B2B companies, businesses switching over, I think that's later. Um, and I think this is really important for domainers to think about because it is a paradigm shift uh, that it's not going to be uh, the AWS equivalent in the blockchain world is just not ready. Like mm-hmm. we're not ready to do complicated uh, yeah. complicated business, uh, business services uh, using these systems yet. And I think that is probably uh, 10 years away. I think it will happen. Uh, and the world will be better for it. But that is a much, much tougher thing than providing services uh, to consumers. And so I think that's the order of operation. These are things that like, you know, Filecoin is is working on um, with some pretty interesting, you know, solutions. Um, so let's let's then shift for a second, talk about some some governance, right? So, you know, one of the benefits to decentralized internet is that you don't longer have these governing bodies that can, you know, that can deplatform people based on, you know, subjective things, right? Um, but what happens when you have somebody on a dot crypto domain engaged in some blatantly illegal type stuff, child pornography, things like that? Like, does it just stay up there perpetually? Is there any mechanism to enforce or police any of that kind of stuff? So the way to think about it is, is that it's just like any, like any system. The only way to get to a pure, to a 100% secure system is by having the base layer. control. Yeah. To have the base layer, not have any human uh, involved. 
Now, that does not mean that the internet, that this new internet is not going to be moderated. The new internet is absolutely going to be moderated and it should be moderated because we don't want dangerous people and dangerous content taking over. And so what happens right now is Facebook does their own moderation and they don't tell you how it works and it doesn't work yeah. that well. And then Twitter has their own and it, it, same thing. And then YouTube has their own. No one cooperates. It's a gigantic secret. They're doing it based on their advertisers, you know, what their advertisers want, et cetera, not based on. And, and, and is it Facebook's job to decide where the line is for free speech? That doesn't sound like that was part of their part of their 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 mission statement. That doesn't sound like it wasn't the value proposition I was signing up for. Exactly. And, you know, maybe the ACLU or somebody like that would be a better would be a better source. So what you get in this world is you you lower the stakes for companies like that moderating because Facebook in the future will absolutely still ban people and turn you off. And that's fine if there's 30 other Facebooks and you can just pick up and take your information and go somewhere else. Right now, yeah. they, they store all your data. So they turn you off, you, you, you get turned off on the internet. Yep. That's the problem. It's this power structure, not the fact that they as a private company are deciding what you can and can't say on their platform. That is their prerogative. Totally. But, but they have this abuse of power aspect and that's the problem. So yeah. what we're gonna wind up getting is we're gonna wind up getting a competitive market for moderation. There's going to be applications that are taking different views and you're going to choose your app based on the things that they choose. And we're going to have cooperation because so, you, you can very easily put a record up there on the blockchain and say, hey, this one, this record is associated with criminal activity or with copyright infringement or with whatever else. And all you need to do is ping this open API to check it. And if you as the app decide to serve that content anyway, there is no way that you can claim that you didn't know. So yeah. we're so, going to change this, change the dynamic completely. So, you know, it's a great point. And, and, you know, just to make it a bit more clear for people who maybe didn't catch it, um, you know, to JT's question about governance and what do you do about, you know, the website that's got child porn on it. And it comes back to what we said earlier, which is like, it all comes down to the browser, the browser, if browsers don't resolve you, you don't exist. And so, the browser is ultimately going to be the arbiter. And we already have a competitive browser landscape. And so it's like, all right, you, you think this browser is too conservative, you go to this one. You think that browser is too liberal, you go to that one. You think this browser is too this much. But the browser is ultimately going to decide, decide what content to resolve and what content not to resolve. And so they become the arbiter and you have the ability, just like the social media example that Brad gave, to decide which browsers you're using and which browsers you're not. And... Um, you know, the market will ultimately uh, dictate who lives, who dies, who succeeds and, and, and you know, who wins. Um, but it, 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 yeah, it really needs to be at the, um, at the point where the, the rubber meets the road, so to speak, where, where the consumer meets the internet is, is where that governance should happen, not at the upper levels, right? It, the upper levels are like infrastructure, right? And that's the way that it should be treated that's why I've always said, like, I don't think VeriScience should be stepping in. And to their to their credit, they, they really haven't. It's been more other registries. But registrars and registries, they, they really shouldn't be arbiters of these things. It should sure. be, you know, the browser. It should be yep. the, the thing that the consumer has a choice with. Yep. And what I can tell you is having been, you know, legal at a registrar, you know, Typically, registrars don't want to have to get involved, right? I mean, it's the, you know, they get pushed into that spot sometimes because they've got the most direct relationship with the customers. And, you know, and that puts them in a really 
difficult spot, but you know, it also leads to the ability for like Brad mentioned before, social engineering and, and, and hijacking and everything else. And, you know, and we, we see that all the time where there's real, you know, issues at the end of the day. And, you know, which I love, I think I keep coming back to the statement that Brad said when it's like, you know, it's, it's just better tech, right? I mean, the value prop overall, it's just, it's just better, right? It's the way that it should be run. It's more efficient. It's mm-hmm. just at, at every level it's, it's, and then it's all about adoption. I think it's interesting. I mean, this is, it's pretty wild and uh, exciting for sure. So, um, so then what is, so you guys have released the new premium domains um, and is there any sense, so how many of you held back? Do you guys do, is that, uh, is that public knowledge or shareable information? We hadn't released really, really almost any of them. And the reason why not was because we didn't, it, it didn't feel reasonable to us, you know, for people to be buying these things if you couldn't really use them in enough places yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were focused on the the ecosystem over the okay. past 18 months. So getting into, you know, almost all of the top wallets uh, with, you know, we'll essentially have that, that market wrapped up in the next couple of months, uh, moving into uh, the top exchanges, uh, getting into browsers, getting into DNS resolvers, uh, all of these things. Um, and it didn't, it didn't feel appropriate to have people, you know, spending a lot on these top domains until, uh, until, until they work in more places. So that yeah, was, that's, 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 another, that's another, they're also more valuable, the more utility they have. And that's, and, and the truthfully, thing. That's, yeah, truthfully, they only, they, you know, because you don't get this default integration on, you know, with, with an ICANN DNS system, like you don't need to worry about any of this stuff. You just, you just launch and then it automatically works everywhere. But, you know, this is like a, if the tree falls, you know, in the woods, you know, is there anyone to hear it type type question? Yeah. If you launch a domain sound, name yeah. and it doesn't work anywhere, did you launch anything? I would say no, not really. Right. Um, and so that's the whole, that's the crux of it. And so that's, that's what we see as kind of our task as a business is we are building out this ecosystem of, 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 of integrations so that this tech can live, survive, thrive, et cetera. Love it. Well, awesome. I, yeah, no, this is great stuff. So, all right. Well, with that, I think we're pretty close to time. So I think, are there any other closing thoughts or things, Brad, that you would want to share with the audience or anything that folks should be aware of? I mean, like we said, go to unstoppable domains, register.crypto domain, you know, get, get a site yeah. up and running, get a wallet in, up and running. I mean, what's, uh, you know, what are we telling people to do? I mean, that's it, you know, go get your own, go get your own piece of the uh, piece of the new internet. Yep. All right. That's it. Digital land, baby. We All love right. digital land over here. Well, love I- that digital land. <laughs> Yeah, again, I was excited having you on here today. Uh, I'm even more hyped up now after the <laughs> after the interview. Uh, so, you know, and I'm sure the audience is going to feel the same way. So with that, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been great. Uh, we'll include like some links and some things in the description of the show when we post it. Uh, Drew, thank you as always for uh, for being here and helping to drive the conversation. I think this was excellent. And thank you to the audience for being here on Domain Sherpa. Uh, as always, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Uh, And we appreciate y'all. And we will see you next time here on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains.